Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond. Right, can I be heard now? There we go, that's better. Live from London, <coughs> this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond. Ha! You start the show, then realise you can't be heard. Okay, let's try again, refresh the page. Um, so, yes, hi, welcome uh, to my show. I'm Joe Hammond, primary school music and computing specialist. On today's show, um, various things, um, and then my special guest today is Adam Clark. More on that later. Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good thing I was paying attention to the green bar at the bottom, really. Otherwise, I just would have been talking into blank space and nobody would have heard me. And yeah, that would have been a fail, wouldn't it? Um, so you may be noticing that my voice sounds a little bit croakier and lower than usual today. I do have a bit of a cough. It's not COVID, but um yeah i have got a cough so i will be sounding a little bit uh like darth vader today um but <clears throat> hey i mean it probably means i won't be able to sing uh so we'll see how my voice does and see if it holds up i might have to might have to do a bit of a shorter show today um depending on how my voice is doing through overuse and things but I will do my best. So what um, I wanted uh, to talk about this uh, morning or the, this morning, yeah, I'm always, it's already going wrong, is I wanted to talk about um, a few things before my guest Adam calls in and we talk all things digital art, Minecraft, um, etc. Um the first is something that I've noticed that doesn't really get talked about a lot is that we that a lot I've seen a lot talking of people talking about you know inclusion and um, be, being inclusive and meeting children's needs and obviously we should be doing that a lot. However, one of the problems that doesn't get talked about a lot is when is a child not fit for that setting or where is the setting unable to meet that child's needs? That is where there's a um, bit of a problem. Uh, that's where a bit problems can arise because and i've seen i've seen this happen um a few times now where 
it, it's a child whose needs perhaps you know, it, it's is fairly obvious that that with the setup that the pe those people have that we're not going to be able to meet the needs of that particular child that whether whether that be because they take all the attention away from loads of other children other children who have their own needs they they may not be as obvious but they still have their own needs that perhaps might not be met because attention is being taken away and resources are being taken away from them so that so that they can so that they can try and meet the needs of this uh, of one particular um of one particular child and that's where and that's where things might go that's where i feel like there's a lot of i don't i don't, I don't know it i feel like <clears throat> there's is is i guess that highlights several problems one one is sort of the resources and availability and budget you know there's there's not infinite budget in education budgets are tight in many places budgets are actually really hurting and they often have some of the biggest challenges out there and so it's there's no blame game here um but there's something that needs to change from within to make to make sure that we have the right resources and the right people and the right settings to be able to meet needs of particular children um if people have typed messages by the way um i'm just gonna try and figure this out i can see there's two new messages but when i click on it nothing's happening so i'm gonna try and fix it um we'll see how that goes maybe maybe if i just disconnect my vpn that might help so oh can there we go um so yeah i don't um i i really i really want because i'm i'm autistic myself so i'm passionate about inclusivity and making sure that people's needs are met and i don't want that i don't want lack of resources to mean that um or or lack of funding or in worst case scenarios you know people just not bothering to mean that that people have a bad experience um and afternoon wizard keen good to see you <laughs> um wizard keen is adam my guest later um <clears throat> and i've seen i've seen this happen a few times where a child has just suddenly been joined the school and it's really obvious that that child is going to take attention away away from other people's needs because perhaps they're more vocal and more and louder about it and I think 
the main point that I want to make, and I guess this did happen to me um, at school, is, well, it wasn't necessarily that a special needs child came in and took attention away from me, but there are quieter children out there who don't get their needs met and don't get noticed because the attention is placed, the main attention is so often placed on the students who are louder and perhaps more vocal or, you know, more physical to try and get get their needs met because anyone who knows anything about behaviour knows that behaviour is communication. And um, it's, it's an extremely tough thing to get your head get your head around that somebody that that a behavior that might be seen as you know extremely disrespectful or extreme or or you know even very physical and uh, extreme in extreme cases violent might be because that child has needs that are not being met at home or at school or just generally and but the difficulty is and I remember when a behavior specialist came into a school I used to work in um, and some of the students who just keep their heads down and get on with things said it's hard to be noticed when you're good and that really struck a chord with me because um i think <clears throat> yeah because i kind of it's it's not it's something that you don't notice unless it's pointed out to you because often a lot of attention is um <clears throat> a lot of attention is taken to the students who are loud, physical, and vocal in order to get their needs met. And it's hard it's hard to be noticed when your good can also be interpreted as, you know, why are my needs not being met? Even though I have a lot of anxiety, I'm just keeping quiet about it because I don't have because I'm that that's part of my severe anxiety but um but I still have needs that I want to be met I just don't know I I I just don't want to be really loud about it and I don't know how and at some point um you know and if if budgets weren't tighter this might be might be a bit better or if people had in just more facilities, more staff, more resources, then this might be an improved situation. But there's just so many, uh, there's just so many cases I've seen or heard about where, well, in some cases, the, the school or a setting just has no choice but to keep that student on their role 
and to um and to try and make sure that 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 student gets their needs met as much as possible all while balancing the needs of several other children in the class or in the school or they're kind of what can often happen is they do they do see that yeah we cannot meet this child's needs but then that child is passed from place to place because there isn't anything <clears throat> that is right for that child there isn't anything that is able to meet that child's needs and then it's like the parents who in in many cases I, a, a friend of mine said that <clears throat> sometimes when you're a, when you're a parent of a special needs child you're better at researching your um rights and needs and uh the law and fighting for your child and you're better at that than the FBI, you know, you're better at doing research than go than government agencies who have loads of resources to do so. Because as a parent, you want always want the best for your child, and you're so passionate about giving your child the best that you can possibly do uh, that you can possibly give them that you're going to have that you're going to have a problem getting that. Uh, that 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 well, no, not a problem. That that you're going to just hyper focus on researching and making sure that your child's needs are met and fighting for your child. But when there's settings that cannot meet that person's needs, then that could that can be really tricky to do, and it's often. The most common, I guess, would be if if that person, if that child is physically is is very physical, and if they don't get their way and don't know how or don't know how to express themselves in a kind way, then they might resort to you know using rude words or or swearing or using physical violence in order to try and get their way or because they don't know what else to do with themselves. And although we can try to meet those needs, I always felt super anxious when those needs were being met a lot more at the detriment of students who are then scared of said student who is physical. Um, and then that's causing major anxiety in them and is going to cause their needs to not be met. And that's where and that's where the issue is. So at some point, settings have to admit and have to say, yeah, we've got already got a lot of complex or we've already got a lot of children whose needs won't be met if if this child if this child stays in this setting so we cannot at this point we cannot unfortunately we have to say we have to say no or we have to say have you tried looking at a uh, another place and i know if you're in a state school then that's next to impossible to do because you often don't have that choice it's up to the local council and i know independent schools for uh free schools and academies can obviously all be 
a lot more selective. Um, but then you get the issue where there can be some shady practices from schools. And the, although this the, although this isn't about off-rolling, um, it can be a similar thing for those that don't know. Off-rolling is where you uh, have administrators who will quietly remove students who aren't going to get the best so-called exam results from their registers in order to try and boost their position in the league tables. It's a disgusting practice. Uh, obviously, anyone that's listening to this show, you know, uh, any decent person can see how disgusting that is. But that is a symptom of, that's a symptom of the government's own focus on your testing league tables exams etc um but that can happen with some special needs students sadly where they can kind of be off-rolled from place to place and then the parents could feel like it's like nobody wants to help my child or nobody can help my child i'm the only person and i didn't choose for my child to have the the needs that they have but and but yeah i'm suddenly finding myself in a position where i'm the only i'm the only person fighting for my child or helping them despite um all of the negativity and all of the um all of the issues around that it is it is a very it is a very tragic thing um and yeah i i i have i although i've not made any decisions myself i have seen situations where we can have a child in for a trial day and we can see it's not going to work out um because of the nature of that child's um the nature of that child's needs the nature of that child's uh the um per, um personality that we had we had a child in uh a school I, or a school I've worked in where um this this child came for a trial day and throughout the day just basically antagonized the entire rest of the class and this child actually ended up trying to bite another child and he was uh, this child was stopped from doing so however the you know the other children in the class were just being really nice to him throughout and yet they weren't um and yet they weren't able to uh, yeah they were being really nice to him and yet this 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 child on the child day was just antagonizing um everybody and trying to get their way all the time and we knew that wasn't going to work out so we just had to we we had to say that that you know that i'm afraid we cannot meet this child's needs um without because we knew that we'd spent a long time getting this particular class settled and in a good place 
and a positive environment, that to have that was then just completely ruin all that hard work that we'd done. And so there's got to be, there's got to be a point where, um, there's got to be a point where you have to say, you, you, you should, you should try. We, I'm afraid we cannot meet your child's needs. I'm really sorry. That being said, there are times in which perhaps a parent does have to fight for their, their child because, you know, the school or the setting aren't actually doing anything worthwhile about meeting that child's needs or they're just ignoring that child's needs and therefore that child might be struggling socially or, or having, you know, mental health problems. And that's where... um that's where there can be that that's also ob obviously problems can arise then but then I would also say that 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 parent that child should notice that yeah that school is a toxic place they're not going to do anything to help my child we should get out and find somewhere that is going to help us and I know it's not always easy to do that however you have to try and um you have to make sure that if you've tried everything and it's not working out, then you can then you can say then you can say something. But school should never just should never really unless it's extremely obvious, they should never just completely dismiss a child's needs so it's a really hard balance to get right and sadly I've seen extreme cases on both sides where I've seen cases where I've been in a school and a child's needs haven't been acknowledged at all um or and I've also seen cases where school perhaps is trying their absolute hardest to meet a child's needs but they know that it's taking attention away from everybody else and that's having a detrimental effect and that's a soup and that's a huge challenge so <clears throat> getting that balance right is super super hard um and yeah i know that it's i i i know i know it's i know it's really hard thing to get right but anyway so that that's something I wanted to challenge people to think that are listening. Um, and thank you to those who are listening live. I know I don't get many live listeners um, at this time, um, but I know there's lots of people that download the show after it's gone live. So uh, if anybody has any opinions on that after they've listened to the show, then please uh, let me know. My Twitter is at Sergio2. Um, yeah, I'd 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 love to hear if especially if you're a Senko um and you have any opinions. Now, a couple of um other things that have um that have happened this week or I've thought about in, in in the last weeks. Um I don't often talk about sports because I'm not really into watching sports. However, I did used to really enjoy swimming and um Yes, this show is recorded. Um, uh, I, 
um, do I say Hussein or do I say Noam? Or I'm, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. EBS This Show will be published and available on Spotify and Podbean and um, a few other platforms. Um, so, yeah, um, what was I saying? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, one of the things I don't often talk about sport, but I did used to enjoy swimming and our kids have gone swim, swim now, uh, this this week because it's been our sports focus. Now, we did it a bit differently because after talking with sports coaches, we thought um, they recommended that and they and they said it makes a difference if rather than you do one swimming session a week, which is sustainable in the long term. However, in this case, we decided to do an intensive two week period where the kids went swimming every day for two weeks. And the progress that they've made, I didn't go but uh, with them because I was doing my own things. Um, but the progress that they made apparently was brilliant. And um, oh, uh, Hussein, uh, um, uh, thank you, Hussein. Um, so yeah, and the progress they made in swimming was apparently amazing to see in this intensive period. Now they're probably, my kids are probably feeling very, very stiff and um tired this weekend um but they're i'm sure that because they've had a day between their swimming sessions for the last two weeks i'm sure that their technique their confidence in the water has been has improved drastically um much much more so than they would if you have a week between and you don't keep it up there's there's a lot to say for for these things and because swimming is much more physical and active it's um it's something that can can be done much more um much more so than you know and and, and can be much more naturally engaging than you know, sitting, sitting down and writing all the time. And I know there's a lot of intensive, uh, there can be a lot of intensive training in re reading, writing and maths. And, you know, I've got a lot to say about that. That's topic for another time, but for a physical activity like swimming, then, which is also a life skill, because even if, you know, you can have people who will enter competitions and join swimming clubs, but that's not the point. Everyone learns swimming because it is a life skill. If you fall in the water, knowing how to swim is a life-saving skill. If you don't know how to swim, you fall in the water. That is life at risk. It's not, there, there's, there's no two ways about that. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of wish I could have seen some of it because I would have liked to have seen them at the beginning and then at the end of the intensive two-week period to prove it. But my, I'm sh my colleagues have, um, have said so. So I know that because it's fun, it's swimming, it can be done every day. Yeah, Hussein, it, it can. Um, and I will say about that as well, it was very interesting teaching music two classes after they'd had a swimming session because for those that don't know when you get water in your ears the pitch your ability to hear pitch kind of goes down 
And I've noticed this every time I've been swimming and then I listen to music afterwards, I've noticed that the pitch that I hear is very flat um, because I've still got a bit of water in my ears. Um, yeah, in comparison with other hard exercises. Yeah, in I, I, I've always... I've always been drawn to the water in terms of physical exercise um, because, well, I guess one of the main reasons is it was probably my strongest sport, um, even though I wasn't great. At, I did try entering a competition once and everyone else was way out of my league. Like I, I was, I was not, I was not good enough to be in competitions. Um, but anyway, so, a couple of other things um, that have happened this week. Uh, one, one other thing that I wanted to mention that's happened this week. I don't know if anyone's seen in Canto, but the nursery children are begging me to learn some of the songs. Like, we don't talk about Bruno and Surface Pressure. And, uh, yeah, it's because it's, um, those songs have got Lin-Manuel Miranda written all over them. You know, they're they're not... Um, the easiest songs to learn some of them um like some of the Moana songs which Lin-Manuel Miranda also wrote were easier but um these these ones are very Latin America and um it's um and yeah it is I I, I I'm having to think about how I'm gonna be able to play and how I'm gonna be able to do them okay all right it is now um it is now half past it's time for my guest to join us so i'm gonna just let him in and i'm gonna have a quick ad break and then i'll be talking to adam clark about all things digital art minecraft and more not that one uh this one hello <laughs> This episode hey, of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education. <coughs> They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's uplearn, U-P-L-E-A-R-N dot Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, 
No matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. Okay, we are back and I have the one and only Wizard Keen with me. Adam, <laughs> thank you for joining me. Thank you for being part of my show today. Thank you. Well, thank you for invite- the invite and uh, it's great to be here. It's great to hear you, hear your voice as well from, you know, from long ago. Yes, well, I mean, it's a bit croakier than usual. I've got a bit of a cough today, but um, hey, I'll, I'll do my best. So for those um, that um, do not know, Adam Clark, aka Wizard Keen, is a former teacher who uh, is now a uh, digital creative artist, poet, um, YouTuber. He's had lots. Of, he's he's had a lot of um. He's had a lot of heads, haven't you, Adam? Yeah, I mean, it's. I was. I, I think it's one of those. One of those things where you know. It's difficult to define what I do because I do so many different weird things, that aren't easily. Uh, aren't easily sort of defined. So there's a lot of. So in many ways, what I really like doing is I like doing things that have never been done before. And for that reason alone, uh, it tends to lead me into places which means that I'm very difficult to define <laughs> in, uh, yeah. terms of a, in terms of like a traditional something. I, there, there are no traditions to what, what I do now. Um, yeah. Know. And do you know what? I think that does that does sum you up very well, Adam, <laughs> because yeah, and you know, it's all about it's all about finding uh, things that aren't perhaps in the norm. And, uh, oh, pardon me, you know, um, I, I don't know if you've been following my social media recently and know about my school, which is completely very progressive and very against the system. Yeah. Uh, yes. And um, I guess that brings me on to start with that, because although you're a former teacher, you um, actually homeschool your son, you and your wife homeschool your son. Yeah. And so... Um, first, so I guess the first thing I wanted to say is, um, what made you guys come to the decision to homeschool Django and, um, why do, uh, and, and what do you think about the school system sucks and needs to be improved? <laughs> oh gosh, loads of big questions. I mean, I think the thing is, I mean, it, it's weird as well. I, I came from the, the, my my sort of GCSE school, if you like, the the school that I kind of went to, was um, 
was a was a very weird, strange, progressive school in the Midlands called Bishop's Bright, and it had an amazing head teacher. It was Catholic funded, even though I'm not a Catholic myself. I'm a kind of you know, I, I, but my parents, you know, it, we had a choice when I was growing up to send me to different schools, and this school uh, was unique in many ways because it didn't have a uniform. Okay. It you called the teachers by the first names and just like my school, yeah. Mm. And you could and you could decide kind of what you wanted to do. Like if you didn't want to do maths, then you then you could go to the head. You had to build up enough courage to make your case to the headmaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he was quite a gruff kind of kind of crazy kind of guy. But essentially, it was it, it was an it and it didn't stream students. And that's why my parents sent me there because. I was I was dysle- undiagnosed dyslexic. I, my maths and English levels were poor, and if I'd been put into any other school, I would have been put into this lower end stream set, where all the classes would have been uh, geared towards the kind of like whatever these kids are a bit stupid. You know, it's that kind of that kind of mentality. Whereas if I went to when I went to Trinity, when I went to Bishop's Bryan Trinity, these schools were um, they looked at. Um, they had pretty good sciences, but they had a very good arts uh, theatre and and kind of the art, art scene as well. And 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 I excelled there. And I started school with a stutter. My stutter disappeared very quickly because I think of a sense of um, I felt a sense of inclusivity, and I felt I felt I I, I belonged somewhere. Uh, and it was the f- first real time that I felt that I was valued uh, at school. So, but again, it's kind of ruined me for the rest of my life because this school is so radical for its day, and I'm fifty years old now. So yeah. you know, back in back in the eighties, really, this was, and and so it, and it was radical, and it was kind of crazy. There was a Channel Four program about it, I think, as well. If if you can look back in the day, you can nice. see that stuff. So there's there's stuff about that that I think. Um, that has for, helped me form the kind of education system that I kind of aspire to. And it's not the education. And I've taught, and I've taught uh, level three uh, foundation course, uh, BTEX and stuff like that. I also did um, about seven years um, uh, as a freelance artist. And I worked with primary schools and secondary schools across the north of England. I worked with about 700 schools in all. Um, often doing workshops, but often teaching teachers uh, about creativity and project-based learning as well. And that was dur- during the kind of the last years of the, uh, of the the Labour government when there was actual funding for any of this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So, so that's what. So again, I was like there. Now, the reason we decided to um, to home educate partly was because uh, Django, when he was two years old, he was diagnosed with uh, type one diabetes. And that yeah. shook us, right? We were kind of, you know, it was, it was, it was very difficult. He was on an insulin pump, and there's a lot of kind of um, the, I mean, we, and we live in Cumbria, which is kind of a, quite a rural uh, county. Not very many choices in terms of school stuff. So in, within the primary school system, the we we didn't really have very big a choice about where we could send Django, and and we were kind of this space in our lives where it's like we could do this ourselves, you know. Yeah. You kind of missed the first bit because of because of a kind of a two years of kind of being diagnosed and kind of you know and all the preschool stuff sort of disappeared and flew out the window as we were just trying to deal with this um, disease and because it just takes all your time and energy and stuff like that. So that's kind of partly the reason yeah. why it, why it did. But then then when we kind of started looking, the schools there didn't offer the kind of support that we wanted and expected. I think for him, um, yeah, and there was a struggle. 
to you know you had to fight um mm. to get the things that you wanted to get and, and we were like oh, we, we were exhausted so we were like well why don't we just do it ourselves you know we, which i was you know, just talking about just yeah. uh, before he came on yeah 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 exactly so we kind of so we so, so the so the the reason why we we home educate is because we thought we could do it ourselves and um and for and for that reason you know he's he's stand up i mean at the moment you know django's uh, 14 years old <laughs> so, yeah you know, i, I can't believe that no, no, i knew no. i knew him when he was eight i think <laughs> yeah yeah he's now as tall as me and uh he's he's uh, you know he's, he's actually doing i mean lockdown has been really good in in many, many ways uh for us because it's it's given us the um you know we were looking at kind of digital learning and things like that and and suddenly the, there's been a boom in that industry and yeah. the level of the quality of teachers that are, can, who can do online teaching and learning has <coughs> has rocketed there's, we found some really excellent teachers you know Django's doing biology history uh, some english and poetry uh, all gcse level uh, and he's only 14 mm. so Nice. That kind of yeah, it's really yeah, and he and he's independently doing it himself. So he gets up in the morning. We get up in the morning. He's like he's got a he's got a schedule that he he knows, and he just gets on with it at his computer, yeah. um, and and does that kind of stuff. And you know and you know so there's so he's got a lot of independence in terms of his own learning journey and what he wants to learn and, and how he wants to learn it. Um, and it's been great. And then his peers, he, you know, his friends who are at school and he plays Minecraft with and all this kind of other stuff like that. And they, they talk amongst themselves about about school and things like that too. So it's he, it's interesting to hear the the kind of the, the peer conversations about, uh, you know, what are you doing in biology? What you know, and what are you learning about this kind of stuff? And how they can help each other. And that's uh, hearing them help each other students at school at not school you know Jack, you know Django's peers gaming peers in many ways uh has been really uh really amazing kind of uh, to kind of listen into that kind of conversation and, and his learning yeah mm. so so it's all it's all worked out for you guys really well then and it's it's more it's more a case of guess the schools sort of not provide uh not having uh, Django's needs in mind, as a, as opposed to you know uh, we're re- mm. completely rebelling against the system. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a the, you know for us there's been there are within that within a home education or a kind of uh, an un, there's there's unschooling. There's lots of reasons why people um, choose homeschooling and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, some of the there's you know I think during lockdown a lot of that kind of reason where people had anxiety about it about schools. Also, there's, you know, yeah. schools are, are you know, pretty poor at, at dealing with bullying. One of the kind of stories yeah. I often talk to people about is like, if you look at any film, right, that has a school in it, the narrative of that school in, a, <laughs> in film and popular culture is going to be, there is a bully <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you have yeah. to overcome and yeah. you have to, you know, and, you, and that is the always a focus of school. It's, you know rather than the learning you don't you know you're not or it, it's it's interesting that I, I kind of we we always come back to it and i think for Django, who has never been at a school when he he sees media about school that's what he reads he you know he 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 absorbs those stories and the stories are yeah. bullying and uh, and other bits and pieces I can yeah hear, i, I, I got bullied at school 
<laughs> I got bullied at school. Oh, is he in the room? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Um, Hi, Django. Yeah, he's, he's looking at me. You're talking about uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So um, now that Django's embarrassed, let's talk mm. a bit about um, about you and what you're what you're doing. So, um, so you said you uh, taught some level three B tech and mm. uh, stuff like that. Was that a sort of secondary level then? I went, I taught. I, I got my first teaching job uh, at uh, Lancaster Morecambe College. <clears throat> And um, and I taught my first job there was um, they wanted a multimedia tutor, and I hadn't got any teaching qualification. Oh, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> what, I, what I did, but what I did have was I had uh, about ten years' experience of doing running workshops with groups of young people. Yeah, especially arts workshops, and I and I actually got qualified to do disability arts training for trainers as well. So I did. We'd done a lot of, you know, during my early kind of my actual first job when I left university, and I went to university and I did illustration at university. Yeah, and uh, graphic design, uh, but I was terrible at actually sort of selling my wares, if you like. I I, I wasn't, but I was like, I didn't really know, you know. I only did it really to move, leave home, and uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and to and to do something I like, I like drawing and painting, and I just, and the, the the degree gave me it was like five days a week drawing and painting. And it was great. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. it was mm-hmm. um, but after that, I was like, you know, I didn't really know what to do, so I, I drifted to kind of several different jobs. I, did, I was actually Mister Blobby at Butlins for a while. No was, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, I did. I was. I did. Illust- I did. Uh, uh, caricatures of Butlins as well, and then uh, they got me dressed up as Mr. Blobby. And do you and, uh, yeah. do you have any photos of that? I'm sure there is a photo of me being harassed by children. Yeah. You have <laughs> to you... put that on social media. <laughs> that is, you got to put that on social media, Adam. That is just brilliant. I love it. <laughs> um, and what else did I do? I did. Yeah, when I worked, I was a I was a, a talks person at the Sea Life Centre, so I was like, "Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Sea Life Centre." Uh-huh. Sharks have got a have had a difficult story about you know it's it's those kind of those kind of talks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then my first real job, as my mum would say, um, put it that I got. I, I actually started to work for um, Hampshire uh, Autistic Society as an arts instructor. Nice. And uh, you know, that was in my early twenties, and they sent me to do um, art therapy as well. And I did that at university, so it was like a kind of a day release that I, I took this train mm-hmm. journey, which was like I don't know five hours nearly to to sort of North London to do kind of that art therapy training. That I brought those skills back into the kind of the uh, it was a day services. Um, so it was that post sixteen, um, uh, I, I mean, adults with. Uh, young people with autism um uh, who are who are kind of in in, in care home uh, sort of situations yeah um and that's so that was my kind of first real job uh and i lasted uh, a few years for that and then and then i did a load of um uh, you know workshops and disability arts training and stuff like that with a whole range of different people all over the country uh, with victoria my wife Oh, brilliant. And then, um, now you've obviously told me this story, but for the um, people listening, either live or um, after the show's gone out and mm. been do- and uh, downloaded or listening to mm. on Spotify, how did you get into Minecraft? 
<laughs> micro what the, my first <coughs> Um, so when I was at, when I was teaching at Lancaster Morton College, I, there was a, a young a young man called Peter Adams, and he um, uh, Peter is autistic, and he uh, I think he we were drawn together because my my first name was Adams, and his second name was mm. Adams, so it's like yeah. I but we did we, I was teaching film and television at the time, so he was really interested in film and television and stuff like that. So we kind of had you know, and I, I played video games, he played video games. One day. Uh, he he called me up. <laughs> I was at home. He was like, "Hello, Adam." I was like, "Hi, Peter. How you doing?" He goes, "I've just bought Minecraft uh, and I've played it for nine hours." <laughs> you've got to buy. It. You've got to. Mm. You've got to play it. And the, he so he introduced me to Minecraft for the very first time, and that was when. Um, and I said, "Well, I, I kind of you know." He goes, "Have you played it?" And I was like, "No, not really." I, you know, I, I, I saw it when it was kind of just two blocks, really, like <laughs> dirt, dirt and um, <laughs> uh, and bedrock. Uh, but it had come along quite a long way since then, and I started sort of playing Minecraft with him, and then with a group of young people as well. And I was doing um, um, kind of youth arts stuff uh, yeah. as well. Um, and I think that's when I sort of discovered that Minecraft was this virtual world that you know we lived in Cumbria, which was you know everybody lived apart from each other, but we had we just started a decent there was there's a, a half decent internet connection, so you could kind of group play with other people and minecraft offered this amazing miracle that we could build collaboratively together in a virtual space and in a, in, in in blocks and just sort of sim these simple kind of block things and it was fantastic uh, kind of experience and really opened my eyes up to the massive possibilities that minecraft could be and ha actually has become uh, for many many people yeah and um, from there, you um, you <laughs> went on to uh, you went on to become Wizard Keen in WonderQuest yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and do all sorts of uh, YouTube stuff, didn't you? Yeah. So there's so the the kind of the narrative story in terms of in terms of like you know I suppose from where I am now, which is you know people will say. Um, you know, Adam. Clark, if you Google Adam Clark and Minecraft, you'll see a, a, the a, a whole wealth of kind of uh, different kind of projects. So I, um, you know, I've done things with Tate Britain, uh, where we kind of recreated paintings uh, for Tate Britain, and you could walk into a painting in Minecraft and yeah. sort of turn turn the corner and stuff like that, and, and learn I about remember our, that. Our, our, mm -hmm. our history through playing a video game. We then I also did. Uh, Wonder Quest and Wonder Quest is uh, a, a Minecraft educational show on YouTube with Stanley Longnose, and um, we could uh, and I played Wizard Keen, the kind of bumbling wizard uh, who kind of joins them on his adventures, and we and that was an amazing experience for me because it meant that I could bring in a load of educational stuff. So not only was I what that laughably and the Americans will call talent uh, <laughs> voice work for was a keen, but I also did the, uh, educational consultancy for the whole show as well. Um, yeah. so I looked at kind of how, what we could put into the curriculum. Now I had to look at both an American mm -hmm. curriculum and that was interesting at the time because uh, they were having a federal, uh, curriculum, uh, for the very first time. And Americans were really struggling with that, even though in, in Britain, we're like, I was like, we've had this for a long time, a kind of yeah, national yeah. curriculum that we've all got to glue to. <clears throat> America was, yeah. just, was new to them. So they were kind of like uh, struggling and kind of reeling from that kind of experience. But if they want federal funding, they're going to have to follow the federal line and kind of, you know, do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that was really interesting to kind of look at kind of those, 
how you know how the curriculum could work and how we could weave in and i think this is really essential to the kind of the show how we could weave in curriculum moments and minecraft narrative stuff at the same time and make it kind of so it was meant to be really fun and it, it and it had and it still has people still email me to this day yeah season three comes yeah out, you know? <laughs> i was i was about to ask that do you still get asked that <laughs> yeah 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 very regularly uh I asked about that kind of stuff it people have got people have obviously grown up uh now a little bit they know it's two years but they have everybody has very fond memories of it because it did teach people about um you know we had sort of fundamental class, uh, lessons in there and i think it really it helped people support them within their school life because they were doing they were watching something that they found entertaining and fun um and then all of a sudden they could uh they could apply that to their their school work <clears throat> they could feel like you know it, we were talking it, it was what i would call an authentic digital experience for young people to do learning um yeah and so it, felt, and- it felt really nice and it was it was also a very big production as well. It wasn't just Stampy that was involved. You know, no, you no, got no. all kinds of YouTubers from yeah, yeah. Minecraft was... YouTubers like Dan CDM and Martin in the Little Woods and Devin Tube HD and people like that to you know absolute nutters like Shay Carl and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was, was amazing. Production. I mean, it... It was it was huge. It was a huge production, and it was for me uh, the first time I went to America was uh, for, for the premiere of uh, of WonderQuest. When I went to, they took me, they put me, we they flew me to California, and we uh, we actually presented the premiere of of, um, of WonderQuest at the YouTube Studios uh, in in California, which you know nice. was just amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was. I was just like, uh, it's a total show shell shock (laughs) you know culture shocked at the same time with all this kind of stuff yeah it was amazing yeah so um from from there from run wonder quest you branched out into other more entertainment slash educational uh projects Mm. so um uh one of those is uh wandering wizards and i uh, i also i had Stephen reed on two weeks ago oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and adam is also part of that wandering wizards um and then you and your wife did the wizard and the wilds didn't you yeah that's right so we so the, uh wandering wizards was a was a kind of um because obviously Minecraft has developed over the years. Minecraft now, yeah, there's a there's a Minecraft marketplace with it, uh, and we wanted to create um, uh, sort of educate we, the stuff that we were doing anyway. We wanted to kind of just put that onto the marketplace. Now there's lots of I've resisted the marketplace for a long time because <laughs> I think yeah you know uh, and I think there's there are lessons about that as well about the about you know if you make Minecraft maps and again going back to what I originally was saying, is that I like doing things that have never been done before. So I don't really fit a commercial model <laughs> very yeah. well. You know, when yeah. I first left university, it was like, you know, I didn't get on with trying to sell my wares because you have to really market yourself and you have to narrow down that to communicate that to a particular audience and to sell what your wares to somebody else. Yeah. And I'm much more interested in innovation and trying things that have never been done before yeah because that's what really interests me that's the kind of the artistic imperative that i have you know within these kind of experiences so yeah 
So we've, you know, yeah, we've, I've, there's, there's been a couple of companies that we've done this for. Um, the latest one with, with, with was Vic and I, and we, you know, we did, we've done a couple of maps and things like that. And now, but I, but have I done anything commercial recently? No. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've kind of, I've kind of, and, and the re- part of the reason is it is difficult to compete. There is a, within the Minecraft marketplace uh, market, Every, new content gets produced every Tuesday. So new content has to be, so it's a, basically it's a content machine. It's a bit like why, you know, YouTube is difficult. And I, uh, although I, I said, I don't do regular YouTube stuff anymore. Um, having said that, I have got a, a, a new Minecraft show in, uh, in production at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is, yeah. which is very, um, uh, which is very close to, in terms of tone uh, to WonderQuest. Um, Okay. But I, you know, I'll talk to you a little bit about that later. Um, but this, this way, you know, commercial things. Every every Tuesday, new content comes out, and you just have to become this kind of machine that churns out stuff. And the yeah, the, the you know, for me, that narrowed it down to kind of like you've got to make it. You've got to work on a map, um, and not spend too much time on it because mm. time is money and then you might if it if it doesn't do well that week it kind of gets buried into into the dust yeah and i was like and so you don't get the the kind of financial reward that makes it worthwhile doing it in the first place and, I think and it can become be- it can become a very soulless thing can't it yeah yeah very much so and i think you know i'm i love storytelling and i love kind of making kind of quite big epic kind of uh kind of narrative structures and that kind of stuff is quite expensive um so i mean yeah. what i've been doing for the last two years i mean you know and it really turned around from um from uh you know uh, you know I worked with Stephen reed he had a lot of kind of he did we did a load of esports maps and he did he did them for um uh, for Microsoft, and I helped build these kind of things as well. So I kind of really got into that. And then I did um, last year. We did. Uh, I worked. I got contacted by these these people, and again, I, it it was a really lovely kind of experience where some somebody a group contacted me and they said, you know, you know, we we've we, we've Googled you and we found out that you can kind of make Minecraft maps. Can you tell us about it? So I kind of very openly discussed, you know, what Minecraft can do, how you might be able to do things, all that kind of stuff. And then at the end, they went, like, okay, do you want to make one then? <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. So their, their um, client was the International Judo Federation, and we made uh, the mystery of the Budokan uh, for the uh, for the Summer, Summer, Olymp- Summer Olympics. Which were like, nice. is it going to be? Is it going to be lockdown? Is it going to be? So partly the reason we were using Minecraft is because uh, we wanted to have a broader, a bigger audience uh, to n- not advertise. And it's, this is one of the kind of crazy things. It's, you know, we can't. We're not advertising judo, and, and and never in the map did we say this was sponsored by the International Judo Federation. They just wanted to sort of. They just wanted to get judo generally out to a lot more people and so that idea of like a physical thing but also judo's got kind of uh these core elements to it it's got um uh, philosophies if you like about friendship courage you know it's got these eight core values that are really um that these kind of what you might, some people might call soft skills within kind of education so we we yeah can, we can instead of like doing a martial art Kung Fu, you know, a judo map in Minecraft because you can't really do that. We did these. No. We did these um, 
mindfulness uh, kind of quests, eight mindfulness quests that you could look at and reflect upon. And we put that on uh, the Minecraft Education Edition website, uh, first nice. of all, and, that, and, actually, and, and, and got that done there. And then we actually put it onto the... Uh, so during lockdown, one of the most amazing things happened for Minecraft, Minecraft um, is that they had a they have free educational content on the Minecraft Bedrock Edition, mm. and that's free all the time. So and it's quite easy to see where that is because you just have to scroll down a little bit on the on the Minecraft Marketplace, and there you see a bar, and it's like all the education content there, and all that education stuff is free, which is like yay, brilliant. You know, we can kind of yeah. so kids who are like, you know, desperate for kind of some something to download, they can go there. There's quite a lot of a variety of different kind of maps. The mm. judo map we put on there, uh, we put that on there um, last October, September, October time. Um, and currently it's, it's, it's got like one and a half million people have downloaded it. Astonishing. Nice. It sort of blew everybody's minds. <clears throat> to get kind of a map like that, looking at kind of... Um, mindfulness uh courage you know we there's um, a <clears throat> there's a we we actually looked at honor within there as well and we did there's a haiku yeah. uh that basically it's, it's it's you know go and find different parts of the haiku and and put them together and to make your own haiku that kind of describes what honor is because honor is this kind of it's very um you know poetical but it's it's difficult to sort of really nail down uh, so we mm. use poetry to nail it down which is uh, quite a nice reflective kind of meditative uh, way of kind of resolving uh, what yeah is. yeah it kind of um it kind of reminds me a little bit of the uncensored library you're making a uh, you're making a map for a sort of a bigger a bigger purpose to help people and yeah, that's kind yeah. of what the uncensored library is doing a bit that as is well. right. yeah yeah um yeah, for yeah. those for those that don't know there are there the uncensored library is a worldwide map available and uh turns out free to download and people can write books and put them in the library and the idea is that it's internationally available and it circumvents loopholes so that countries where the media and journalism is censored are free to express themselves. It's a brilliant map, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, <coughs> yeah, it's quite innovative and uh, and quite exciting. Brilliant. So yeah. um, let's um, and have you done much with other games as well? Because I know uh, you've been posting on social media about your actual physical drawing and you've been really yeah. into some vr artwork as well haven't you yeah so there's so there's lots of stuff i mean you know minecraft in a way pays my bread and butter you know that's that uh, it is what i do for a living right? yeah so, yeah and it is you know astonishing. so i do i do do talks and things like that so <coughs> where i start my talks off like, hey, ladies and gentlemen boys and girls animals minerals and vegetables my name's Adam yeah. clark and i play minecraft for a living and it's Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of it's like a bit of an AA meeting thing, you know? yeah. Um, but it is it is true. But apart from that, it's like how do you feed that kind of stuff? So a lot of the kind of stuff uh, I, I feed my own creativity by. I regularly do uh, drawing and life drawing and stuff like that. And that through lockdown, that has been uh, has really exploded and been really cool and, and interesting for me. Uh, on top of that, I've been playing with. Um, uh, virtual reality and there's there's a really good game on playstation uh called dreams uh, it's made hey. by media molecule 
um, and um, uh, uh, that you can. And I've been sculpting in dreams, uh, and there's it's got really powerful sculpting uh, mechanism. But it's also got kind of a game engine as well, and then narrative stuff. And it's, so I've been having really a, a joyful kind of moment with that as well. Um, yeah, for those that don't know, Media Molecule also made Little Big Planet. Yeah. So they they make games that empower people to be creators, basically. Yeah, and one of the nice things about about, about dreams when dream, dreams dreams have been dreams has been talked about for the last seven eight years. You know, in terms yeah, of like it's yeah. been in, in development for a long long time. And I remember I met um, uh, I met Siobhan Reddy, uh, who is the uh, studio head of the studio um uh, at one of the talks that i was doing you know i think i met ian mm-hmm. livingstone there as well at the same time it's like oh wow. my god all, all my heroes are here <laughs> yeah 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 mm-hmm. um so uh and, and i so and i have and i continue that kind of relationship so i remember when uh you know i got i got very early access to dreams um uh before it kind of became public i got kind of locked onto the alpha build and it's been Dreams is uh, an amazing, it's quite a steep learning curve for a lot of people. And I think, but those people who have kind of mastered it are, you know, absolutely uh, uh, have an amazing skill set that is, and those skills are transferable into other kind of places. I think another yeah. thing that I'm, I'm really curious about at the moment is, um, uh, is, uh, is Epic Games and their, all of their kind of, suite of tools that are now kind of sort of starting to become available and things like that so i'm i'm kind of interested in uh in using those kind of things and and i think one of the kind of um one of the things that's sort of happened to me recently which haven't, hasn't been announced but i might just sort of say it now it's just like so the royal shakespeare company have a fellowship every year and a digital fellowship so i've um, yeah i've been able to uh, <clears throat> i was actually uh, i applied and um uh, and I won one of the three fellowships that there are during the, the year. So I've, I'm actually working hey. with, yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's amazing. Like a six month residency. And that is working with Epic Games as well and theatre and thinking about narrative stuff. So it doesn't, you know, there'll probably be a little bit of Minecraft in there somewhere. Yeah. But I think as well, we can kind of really, I, wanna, I personally want to examine um, uh, actors who can, uh, you know, put on one of these bodysuits and kind of, you know, and, and, mm. and we can kind of, and we can kind of capture people's um, acting stuff. Uh, yeah. I want to look at kind of virtual reality and I want to look at, um, you know, how to make the, how to make this stuff really fast. One of the other yeah. kind of key projects was I did, I did um, a Minecraft <laughs> map uh, with a theater production. Um, Playcraft know, live. Mm. Playcraft live. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of, I think, you know, it's building on top of those experiences, which is which would be really interesting. Yeah, I really enjoyed. I remember Playcraft Live. That was very enjoyable. That, yeah. was, that was a great show. Um, yeah, that uh, go go and watch that on YouTube if you're listening. You haven't seen it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so uh, um, I think um, to finish off our um, guest slot, Adam. <laughs> Do you fancy, um, shall I read That's Why I Love Minecraft, or do you want to read it? Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, why I do, let me have a look around the room, see if it is in my room at, at the moment. Oh, yeah, I've got a copy. Why don't I read it out to everybody? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Um, that'd be that'd be cool so um, so this is um so for those that don't know this is uh adam and his wife uh vic their project and adam made minecraft builds uh for this book and then 
a Scottish poet called Tony Walsh wrote oh, Manchester, uh, Manchester, oh, Manchester, Manchester. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> I'm from the south. Uh, it's, uh, it's like anybody know. Anybody know? <laughs> near, I'm near a yeah. So uh, an amazing poet, Tony Walsh from Manchester, um, uh, who we've known for a long time. We actually Vic's a, um, Vic's a poet and a writer, and she um, we met at Glastonbury actually. <laughs> and uh, and had and you know it's one of those things where I think he'd been at a school and he he has got this kind of uh, uh, little workshop which is like you know what do you guys love and they were like oh you like football and he's like okay and, and, and what do you got and they, uh, they kept coming back to Minecraft all the time Minecraft 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 he was like Adam yeah what's, you know you know about Minecraft what's all this about so that's how we started to kind of um, think about and he wrote a poem. And then I illustrated the poem using Minecraft, um, and we t we made a little book, uh, which has been amazing. Um, and we still got loads of copies of it. So if anybody wants one, they can. <laughs> 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 that's why I love Minecraft. Um, you know, we'll send it to you out. I'm gonna play a bit of piano background music for you while you read it. All right, I'm gonna. I'll start reading it, and I'll uh, and then we'll we'll call it a day. Okay, so. That's why I love Minecraft, written by Tony Walsh, illustrated by Adam Clark. I love to practice till it sticks. I love to learn the latest tricks to build myself a world of bricks. And that's why I love Minecraft. I love to mine and to explore. I love to watch my towers soar. And more ideas and more and more. And that's why I love Minecraft. I love to dream and then create. I love to team up with my mates. It's great when we cooperate. And that's why I love Minecraft. I love to seek and find and build. I love to feel I'm growing skilled. To finish something makes me thrilled. And that's why I love Minecraft. I love to strive to stay alive. To duck and dive just to survive. I find the pride and drive to thrive. And that's why I love Minecraft. I love my redstone logic gates. I input, output, activate. My pulse, my strength, accelerate. And that's why I love Minecraft. I love to swim beneath the sea, adventurous and strong and free. There's buried treasure inside me. And that's why I love Minecraft. I love the shipwrecks, monsters, caves. To feel creative, clever, brave. A hero of the ocean waves. And that's why I love Minecraft. I love to beat, defeat the mobs. I love to change myself with mods. My world's a work in progress job. And that's why I love Minecraft. I love to feel my mind unlock. I love the fact that Minecraft rocks. I'll build my future block by block. And that's why I love Minecraft. I love to rise up when I fall. In real life, I can feel so small. In Minecraft, I feel 10 feet tall. And that's why I love Minecraft. I love to see my plans unfurled. I love to see the boys and girls go on to build a better world. And that's why I love Minecraft. <laughs> that's it. Thank you. <laughs> 
Do you know, I, I, ba- I base that on the actual backing music you did on the YouTube uh, video of that. So, yeah. That was wonderful. It's yeah. the same chords. Um, right. So, um, <clears throat> now you've read that poem, where can people um, get a copy of that book? Um, so, if, I think if you, I think, good question. I, I'm totally unprepared for it. I think if you just Google, uh, that's why I love Minecraft, that we have got a website and you can go, basically, there's a website with it on uh, and you can go and find it there. And uh, Or if you just uh, Google Adam Clark and Minecraft as well, you'll find out a few different projects. And you can just get yeah. in touch with me there as well. If you if you want to just get in touch uh, personally, you can you can do so uh, on amazingcommonpeople at gmail dot com, and I'll be able to answer any questions about Minecraft within reason, of course, <laughs> uh, that uh, you might have. Uh, so coming up, yeah, brilliant. Well, um, Adam, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you very thank much you. for being no a worries, part Joe. of it. It's been, it's been pleasure, absolute pleasure. So um, I can feel my voice going. So what I'm going <laughs> to do is I'm going to uh, play the adverts again, do the news break, news and tech briefing, and then I'll probably play something on the piano. I normally do a song, but I don't think I can sing today. Um, <laughs> so um, I'll just play something on the piano to close the show after the news. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn. U-P-L-E-A-R-N dot co dot U-K. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit 
www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Perpetrators are finding new ways to groom and abuse younger children, including through social media and dating apps, according to a report by the Independent Inquiry into Child Sexual Abuse. The inquiry, chaired by Professor Alexis Jay, concluded that local authorities and police forces are struggling to keep pace with the changing nature of child sexual exploitation. The report warned that there is a false assumption that exploitation by organised networks is on the wane. Professor Jay previously investigated abuse in Rotherham and said that there may also be a fear that places will be labelled another Rotherham or another Rochdale. The report found that child sexual exploitation has now become a hidden problem, in danger of being underreported. Six areas were focused on as a part of the inquiry. St Helens, Tower Hamlets, Swansea, Durham, Bristol and Warwickshire. They are areas that have not already been subject to investigations into CSE. The report emphasises that too many victims of child sexual exploitation are treated as offenders and states that more effort must be made to prosecute perpetrators effectively. The report makes six recommendations, including improving the identification of and the response to child sexual exploitation. Professor Jay said, the sexual exploitation of children by networks is not a rare phenomenon and not confined to a small number of areas, and that all agencies, including education, should be alert to the signs. According to a report in The Guardian, one in eight primary pupils in England had COVID last week. Figures released on Friday by the Office for National Statistics suggest that infections may now have peaked in primary age pupils, but the surge continues to cause disruption to attendance. Prevalence also remains high amongst secondary schools with an infection rate in England of 1 in 15. The Department for Education has launched its new Education Staff Wellbeing Charter, which applies to staff in England. On the government website are details of the declaration of support for and set of commitments to the well-being and mental health of everyone working in education. All state-funded schools and colleges are invited to sign up to the Charter, and the website has links to a range of resources. An article on the Daily Monitor website discusses fire safety in schools in Uganda following a fire at a school in Kawempe in January. The fire broke out in the girls' dormitories and left four pupils dead and three seriously injured. The Uganda National Fire Protection Association reports that around 5,000 fires occur in institutions of learning each year. Many are now calling for a greater focus on fire safety to prevent loss of life, damage to property and disruption to learning. This should include installing firefighting equipment in schools and clear identification of escape routes, as well as smoke detectors and fire alarms. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week we're going to take a look at teaching online. Marmite comes to mind when I think about teaching online. I actually like it, but it's my job and I'm surrounded by gadgets to assist me. A lot of teachers hate it. If you think about it, for 90% of the current population of teachers, delivering a lesson online is something they've not even been trained in. 
they signed up to be in the classroom with a group of pupils. I'm not going to go into the depths of the delivery platform. That's normally a choice that's already made for you by technology leaders in schools. I'm going to give you a couple of free tools that work in a browser, so don't need installing and can be used for engagements in the classroom and easily adapted to use online. First up, we all love Kahoot. Did you know you can set a Kahoot to be self-paced rather than live? Simply click the assign button and you have an instant self-paced quiz for a homework, a starter or a progress check. If you need to take it online, share the link and off you go. If you use lots of YouTube clips and websites, check out Wakelet. Share collections of links in a meaningful way for free. My favourite use for this is to group my YouTube clips for topics. Not only are they played back with less distractions, but I can share a group of links for revision or to flip a lesson. Again, if I have to teach online, one link can lead to many. Just remember to check your school's policy on using websites such as YouTube for online teaching. If you have access to devices in the classroom, why not try Mentimeter? Create interactive presentations, take votes or build word clouds from participants' answers to improve engagement, assess learning and inspire discussion. Or, if you love whiteboard, Boards, try whiteboard.fi. As a teacher, you can see all your classes' whiteboards and answers, know who's interacting and who's not. You can even show a QR code for ease of joining. I could go on and on. The idea is to test these things out when you're with your class and there's no pressure. Then, should you need to teach online, you'll feel more comfortable, there'll be fewer issues, and most importantly, you'll see if pupils are engaging. I hope you consider bringing a bit of tech into your classroom. As always, please test things work in your setting before you use them. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Okay, so I've not got the voice for singing anything today, so I'm going to play you a uh, tune from, um, well, we've been talking video games, so I'm going to play you a tune from a game to close out um, the show today, and then um, I'm going to have to, <clears throat> I'm going to have to finish a bit earlier than usual because um, I don't want to wreck my voice especially since I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons tonight. Okay.
Okay, and on that note, I'm going to finish there. Thanks again to Adam for joining me um, as my guest. And thank you for listening, whether you've been listening live or whether you've downloaded and listened after the episode has been published. Thank you. Much appreciated. And I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.